Blog Talk Radio. Women's History Month, 
And so not only do we have a woman who is going to be our guest today, uh, she's also African-American. And so I'm excited about this. Her name is Louisa Wood, and she has a love for writing horror and suspense tales. And so we're going to be talking with her. She's been doing, uh, she's been up to some pretty great things. Uh, I'll tell you guys more about her, but um, she's a best-selling author of four novels and over 125 short stories. And so I cannot wait to talk to her. When I was in high school, like, I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a lot of things. So, you know, don't feel sorry for me. But <laughs> I kind of, you know, do the writing thing. I am an English language arts teacher. And it just should be a National Recording Artist Award winning, by the way. So uh, you guys hang out here with me. I'm just tickle pink and green <laughs> to all my followers out there. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to hang with me for a few minutes. So, look. You know what I ask you to do? I ask it like every show and stuff. I ask you to holler out the windows, and I want you to knock on your neighbor's door. I want you to let everybody that you know know that the music box with your girl, Tanya Dallas-Lewis, is on right now. And we can be heard worldwide. Of course, we're streaming live on Blog Talk Radio. And you can listen to this show on demand anytime. We've also recently been picked up by Moo FM 106.3. Now, they broadcast out of Central America. So, hola, hola, mi amigos. <laughs> Hello to everybody out there, Spanish speakers and English speakers and whatever else you speak. And then, of course, we've been picked out by Stella Award-nominated Gospel Central Radio and more to come. So we're so excited. You can hear us on iTunes, on our podcast. You can hear us really anytime. So, again, Call in tonight if you'd like to speak with Lisa or you just want to say hello. 646-652-2106 is the number to call. Also, we've got the best in gospel music for you here. We've got how-tos, interviews, news, music industry updates, and so much more. So tonight, man, don't be scared. (laughs) Hang out with us tonight as you hear about a woman who's getting ready for a release, and we're really excited about uh, what's going on. So she's going to tell us more about that. So she's going to be the next voice you hear in just a minute, because first, I got to pay some bills, okay? I want to remind you that I am on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter at Tanya D. Lewis, and Tanya is actually Russian, so it's T-A-N-Y-A. So all of you all who want to just have this urge to spell it with an O, T-O, it's T-A-N-Y-A, D. Lewis on Twitter, and then on Instagram, I'm at Tanya Sings. You can also find out where I'm performing next live by going to www.tanyasings2.com. All right, we're going to pay some bills, and then we'll be back. We'll give you some time, you know, get your food and your hot chocolate or your tea, whatever it is you do. For some of you, it is nighttime. For some of you, it's early in the morning. I'm just excited to be a part of a global audience, and I can't wait for you to meet this uh, Washington, D.C., Howard University graduate, communications degree. Holla! <laughs> uh, who loves to write. And uh, you guys are going to find out more about her. And uh, I can't wait for you guys to talk to her. So I'm going to stop talking about her so you can meet her after we pay these bills. Guys, keep it locked. It's a music box. It's your girl, Tanya Dallas Lewis, right here on Blog Talk Radio. The music box, you already know, is the place where you'll find lots of love right here inside. Are you a charitable organization? Do you need help with your fundraising events? Let ITG assist you with that endeavor. The ITG Agency is a nonprofit agency with a focus on hosting charity events from concerts, fashion shows, and more. Whether big or small, ITG is there to make every event a successful one. So please visit our website at www.theitgagency.com or call us at 614-328-8002. Catch the Miss E Spot Radio Show every first and third Thursday at 7.30 on the family station WOGS 103.9. The Miss E Spot Radio Show will cover topics that we necessarily don't talk about in church and so much more. Log on to listen live at www.wogs1039fm.com. Once again, that's www.wogs1039fm.com. Don't you dare miss it. Enter.
Introducing urban gospel artist Sonny Rivera. Experience his CD entitled Finally, featuring his hit single Jesus It's You. Jesus, you're the one, never would have made it this far. That's why I'm so dedicated to you. So many times you have proven to me that you are a God of grace and mercy. Sonny's no newcomer to music with a sound all his own, hailing from the Bronx, New York, from a Latin musical family, having worked alongside artists like Hezekiah Walker, Alvin Slaughter, and Helen Baylor, just to name a few. This urban gospel singer and songwriter is just getting started. The hit CD by Sonny Rivera, entitled Finally, available now on iTunes and Amazon.com. For more information or to book Sonny, for your next event, go to www.reverbnation.com forward slash Sunny Rivera. Sunny Rivera, finally. Blessings to the listeners. This is Jay Key. Y'all are tuned into the music box with the phenomenal Tanya Dallas Lewis, man. Keep rocking with her. Keep it locked. Stay lifted. I love y'all. Peace. And welcome back right here to the Music Box with your girl, Tanya Dallas-Lewis. Man, I'm so excited about our show tonight. I want you to meet a horror and suspense writer, Lisa Marie Wood. I, you know, I, 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 I kind of tried to, you know, drag you guys in by saying that she's black. <laughs> she writes horror stories. stories. Like, how cool is this? I'm going to go and get her. She's in the virtual green room, and so I'm going to bring her out so you can meet. The one, the only, Lisa Wood. Lisa, are you there? I'm here. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you so much. Well, man, it's a pleasure to have you on the music box. And uh, man, I'm going to read a little bit of your bio, but you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, so I'm going to give you time to be thinking. Even though I read <laughs> the bios of my guests, I always make sure that I ask them a question so that our listeners can hear from you. And the question will be, after I read a little bit of your bio, is who is Lisa Wood? What is it like to be you? So for those of you tuning in right now, you're right on time, actually, because we have our featured guest of the night, horror and suspense writer. And I am a horror movie, just novel fan, so I'm really excited about tonight. Lisa Marie Wood has had a love for writing horror and suspense, and she writes way more than that. But I'm going to tell you just the, the basics about her and let her tell you the rest. She is a best-selling author of four novels and over 125 short stories. She's been published in print and online, in newspapers, anthologies, chat books, magazines, and comic books. How cool is that? And has won several awards for her short fiction. Her first novel, Crescendo, and first short story collection. Help me with this one. Caligini? Did I say that right? Caligini? Caligini, yes. Okay, I got it the second time. (laughs) We're on the long list. For the coveted Brian Stoker Award, excuse me, Bram Stoker, and if you're a horror movie fan, um, you probably know what the Bram Stoker Award is. Her most recent short story, The Ever After, was part of the Bram Stoker Award finalist anthology, Sycorax's Daughter. Did I say that right? That's a real tongue twister, though. Sycorax's Daughter. Thank you. Sycorax's daughter. <laughs> she has been recognized in the Mammoth Book of the Best New Horror, Volume 15, and as one of the 100-plus black women in horror fiction. So, guys, I am so pleased, and of course, a salute to Women's History Month, to introduce to you all Lisa Wood. Lisa, thank you so much. And before we delve into your story and how you got to be where you are, Tell us a little bit uh, of what it's like to be you. Who is Lisa Marie Wood? Well, I mean, I'm a writer at at my core. I'm a storyteller. So being me just really consists of a person who gets up and acts like everyone else during the course of the day. But instead of thinking about what I might be making for dinner, 
I'm always thinking about what the next line or, or next scene will be in my next piece. And it doesn't mean that the piece is going to be finished in the same week or the same month even, but there's always something floating around in my mind to write down. And so I find that to be really exciting. I don't know how to live any other way. I've been that way since I was a child. Right. <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> like, how did this, how did this, you know, come into the makeup of being who you were, who you are? I mean, you've been, like you said, you've been writing horror and suspense tales since you were a child. Um, you're actually a, a native of Rockland County, New York. Um, attended right. HU. I didn't go to HU, but I like that y'all do it like that. Okay, in Washington, <laughs> D.C. <laughs> and after graduating with a communications degree in 95, you began writing with a focus on publications. Did you have, like, was your mom or dad or whoever raised you? Did they surround you with horror? I mean, were you fascinated with horror and suspense? Like, why is this your focus? I know that sounds so creepy when you say it that way, doesn't it? I mean, if you think about it that way. But it's interesting. So I was five years old, and I distinctly remember writing a story that was a little scary. <laughs> you know, I mean, not your typical five, you know, from a, from, a, from a young child. My mom enjoyed Stephen King, who actually is the first horror author that I ever read and connected with. Um, and she, but not a cheap, that was just some of the literature that she liked. She, she liked a lot of other things, but that was the one that I kind of saw the spine on the shelf and said, I'm going to sneak that book as opposed to some other books, you know, and I took those and read them <laughs> and loved them, you know, and what it was, it was more, not so much that I loved the story and not so much that I loved, which I did, but not so much that I loved, um, you know, the, the antagonist or whatever was happening. It was that someone else thinks as darkly as I do, and it's okay. I mean, they are making a living at this, and <laughs> you know, no one looks at them like they're off, you know, off the deep end. Now, I didn't know. I mean, of course, later as I grow up and continue to write, and, you know, of course now, um, I know the differences between genres. I know that, you know, everybody sort of has their own, you know, it's like everyone stays in their, their lane, except some, a few of us who kind of cross over and do different things within the genres. But and I did, at that time, I knew, didn't know what a genre was. I mean, that word meant nothing to me. But it was, wow, I can actually do this, and it would be accepted, and other people are doing this. I want to do it. I'm just going to go for it since somebody else has done it. I can feel that it's okay and I don't have to feel a little strange because my story went a little dark as opposed to, you know, having a happy ending. I gotcha. And I, you know, I think it's just, I mean, I was recently at um, the National uh, Coalition of 100 Black Women. They recently had um, an event where they were honoring some really uh, women. And one of the women said something, and I quote, and so this, this quote actually comes from, it has my question in it for you because I'm trying to figure out okay. you've given us a little bit of history of, of, you know, why you decided to start, you know, um, writing horror, horror and suspense types of tales. But she said this. She said she is a role model to all women and she inspires many women who may have not believed that they could accomplish certain goals because no one who looked like them ever did. Who did you mm -hmm. see that looked like you that was doing what you were doing? Like, um, earlier, if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to a woman who is female. She's also black, and she writes horror. Okay, she she writes from the horror and suspense uh, genre, which is totally totally awesome. I think for a lot of people, that doesn't even go in the narrative of who black women are. You know, the narrative mm -hmm. that has been chosen mm -hmm. for us. So, Lisa, I'm just I just I need you to tell me, like you said, Stephen King, he's a white male. Like, mm -hmm. why? How did you decide? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna do this. Well, you know, initially, I mean, as a young child, it wasn't about who looks like me. I didn't, indeed, I didn't know what he looked like. It was, there's a person who thinks the way I do. Because, I mean, I, I found him literally gotcha. sneaking the book of my mother's spine. I didn't even look at the picture. The picture meant nothing. You know, I'm a young kid. I'm just like, let me gotcha. get this before my mother comes down and sees me doing this. And so I read some and said, okay, this is neat. Someone does this. As I got older, you know, everything I would turn in in school was dark. I mean, not off the deep end dark, but darker than every, everything else. And gotcha. I didn't necessarily see anyone that looked like me or even hear voices necessarily that sounded like mine. But as I, and uh -huh. even now, I mean, now as a, an adult who's been writing for years, it is still difficult to find people, you know, black women, black people in general, but definitely black women who are writing in this genre. But I did eventually find some people um, who writes science fiction. Now, I, I'm not 
I'm not science fiction, but that was closer, you know, <laughs> that was closer to what I write <laughs> than other things. Um, but then I found a woman named Tanana Radu who had a book out in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s, and she's African-American. And she writes specifically horror fiction. You know, you can find a lot of different mashups. You know, there's a, a genre called speculative fiction that has a lot of different things within it, like, you know, fantasy and science fiction, some horror elements and things like that. That's not, I mean, I do that. I mean, my, my horror genre can be lumped into that. However, just you, it's difficult to find people who will either write it and or claim that they write it, you know, claim to be a horror gotcha. author that look like me. So I guess instead of looking for people that look like me, I have always decided, once I decided this is what I'm going to do and I'm claiming it, I'm going to be the person that gets found by the child who's looking for someone who looks like her. I love that. That is so deep. If you're just tuning in, you probably got the chill bumps just like I did. I'm talking to an author, writer. She's amazing. Her name is Lisa Wood, and we're talking about kind of her start and her beginning. She's actually on my show today by way of a good friend of both of ours, a mutual friend, Dr. Shaquita Howard-Bostick, and uh, she brought me to your attention, and I was, you know, I've had authors on the show a lot, Lisa, but when she said that you were a horror slash suspense writer, I was like, oh, I've got to have her on my show. Now, initially, <laughs> um, you know, we when we talked, we wanted to kind of time this interview because you have something um, pretty cool and amazing that's about to be happening for you. But before we get to that, tell me, initially it says that your approach was through poetry. Um, you you had published yeah. over, is this true? You had published over 20 pieces under the pen name L. Wood. Tell us about that. What was all that about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, I tried poetry. I do okay with it. <laughs> you know, that's not that's not really what I write, but I do okay. And it's dark, of course. I mean, some of it has a little bit. I mean, I think that you can find the dark side of anything. And it's so when I say the poetry is dark, I don't mean that there are you know vampires and werewolves and things like that within the, that poetry. But it is more of you know unrequited love, um, you know, sadness, depression, desire. Uh, things like that. So I started off once I, I was kind of, I think it was senior year in college, and I said, okay, I'm probably going to try something, you know. And I started writing because I, I had an interesting path. I wrote a lot when I was younger, and then, you know, I went to high school, uh, took my English courses, and then when I, by the time I got to college, I was exempt from English. So I kind of said, okay, great, <laughs> you know, something I don't have to take. So I didn't write for quite a while which was just, you know, young and dumb. You realize now when you're an adult that maybe you made a mistake. But at that time, <laughs> hey, it was, it was a, uh, <laughs> courses I didn't have to worry about. So at the end of the, you know, the whole process at, at Howard, I decided, well, I'm going to get back into this. I, I, it, you can't deny it after too long. I really want to do this. And I started with poetry because it came so easily to me. You know, it's every now and then I'll find myself writing in its free form. You know, I don't have... A, true, you know, rhyme and meter is not my thing. I, I can do free form and it comes simply. So I did so and I was pretty prolific in the beginning. I don't know that I could sit and write a poem right now, but <laughs> years ago I could do it. So I went ahead and tried them. I got, you know, a pretty nice response. So I said, well, let's, let's see what happens. Um, I started a company called the Second Cup Publishing and I, I created a website way back then. So it might have been 90s. I want to say that I decided to do the website and on there I would bring on people um, you know to submit their work and I would run a, a contest every month and it was short-lived but it was fun you know and it showed me okay I can wow. do this yeah you know this is not something that is different I don't love the poetry piece of it so I'm probably going to set that aside however I can I know how to navigate you know the net at the time it was early you know early on for me at least getting in there and I said I can do this it's not a problem and it kind of gave me the the, the um, confidence to move forward with the things that had to come in the early 2000s when I was trying to put my first novel out so it was a good time now this might this might be a dumb question but I'm a teacher so I always tell my kids there's no dumb question were any of right. these poems kind of on the dark side or were they Poems about love and odes and ballads and all those things. What was the content you know, love, of these, this poetry? Love, but love gone wrong. You know, <laughs> woman okay, scorned. Okay. Like um, love I'm gone wrong. Like love. woman scorned. Woman scorned. She's gonna cut your head off. I mean, what? <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I did. I did say I'm a horror writer. Right you know. <laughs> 
So yeah, I mean, we definitely went down the dark path. I mean, it didn't say. It didn't say. Love I don't it. think I've written. I'll, but then again, there's some that are sweet and kind and gentle, you know. So I got married in 97, <laughs> so I was in love and still am in love, but I mean, I don't write poetry about it now, but, you know, early, it's the early stages of marriage, so everything is all lovely, and then, you right. know, there, there are a couple right. of those in there, but, you know, okay. I, I still, I always <laughs> veer to the dark side, so there's a, there's a, a hefty amount of, of dark poetry out there. <laughs> got it. And you have written a lot. Um, if you're just tuning in, Lisa Wood is my, my guest for today. She's black, she's female, and she's a horror suspense writer. So exciting. Uh, she, she's written four screenplays and a novella before finally settling down to write the horror novel that dwelled within her for five years. Now, we're going to talk about Sycorax's daughters, but I want to hear about this horror novel that dwelled within you for years. What was that? <laughs> Tell me about that. Well, Crescendo is my first novel, and um, that's the the piece that actually helped me figure out exactly what subgenre I write in. Because, you know, in all of these huh. genres, you know, there are subcategories that you can sort of decide where you're going to go with it. So you've got, you know, gothic fiction is what a lot of people are used to. It's not necessarily horror fiction. That's not how it's based. But like Bram Stoker's Dracula or Frankenstein, and if you talk, it depends on who you speak with, right? Frankenstein can either be considered the birth of science fiction or the birth of um, gothic horror, which would lead to all the stuff we do now. But uh, those, those are examples of the subgenres within the overarching umbrella of horror fiction. So uh-huh. what I like to do is my brand of, of, you know, horror is psychological horror. So that deals with, you know, the, what did I just see out of the corner of my eye? Um, you know, am I going crazy? Is something really there? Or things like this happening? Or is it all happening in my head? Or am I on an alternate reality? Or, you know, what basically the, the, the protagonist is confused for quite a bit of it. <laughs> and wow. in that confusion, the author gets to see several different sides of what's going on. So in Crescendo, I mean, I literally tortured my protagonist. I mean, he is just, I put him through the ringer. And... <laughs> It was good because it was the, it, it was a defining moment for me because at that time, you know, I, I tried my hand at zombie work, and I'll do that every now and then still. I tried my hand at vampires. <laughs> I do like them. I do like vampires. You know, but I don't it, – it, all that stuff kind of – I feel that there are a lot of people out there that do that. So I was looking for something that would be unique to me, and when I sat down to write, you know, Crescendo, it, it came out. It just came out. And I said, well, there it is. I mean, wow. that's – that's it. It's quiet. It's psychological. I guess that's what I do. Uh-huh. And, you know, wow. whenever I don't plan a lot of what I write, I just let it flow. And every time it comes out in a psychological horror manner. So, you know, that's, that's the novel that dwelled within me. And it came out in a really sensational fashion. I love it. And I'm going to, I'm going to get the book. Is it available on Kindle? Can I get it on Amazon? Like before we even go any further, I want to read what you <laughs> have written. How do we, how do uh, our listeners tonight, shout out to especially all of those listening from Central America and then those right here in Martinsburg, West Virginia and the DMV, DC, Maryland and Virginia, where can we go to support you and get a copy of your written work so we can see what you see and experience what you've experienced and created these characters. We want to get to know these people what do we need to do well everything i've written thus far that's still available like some of these things we're talking about are out of print but crescendo is available via kindle you can get it on amazon and what's really interesting is i'm having um crescendos being translated into an audiobook as we speak i mean i've got i've been listening to chapters from the professional narrator recently and it's just it's so much fun to listen to it you know i mean i write it and you read it and it's cool but it's so exciting to hear it so soon it'll be available on Audible, but as of right now, it's definitely available on Amazon via Kindle. Um, several different, uh, like uh, the, fa- uh, um, the Promise Keeper, the second novel, is also available uh, in print form on Amazon. Sycorax's Daughter is the, the most recent piece, and that's a collection with me and a bunch of other people. I think everything is available on Amazon, frankly. You can get it from, okay. you can order from the bookstore. <laughs> Um, but Amazon's definitely a repository for everything and anyone and everything. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes, this is true. Keyword Amazon. Absolutely. If right. you're just tuning in, you're hearing the laughter of a very 
very bright and amazing woman. She's creative from you know, really to the core. Her name is Lisa Wood, and she is, man, just an amazing, amazing woman. An honor of Women's History Month and pushing the envelope and, you know, just going above and beyond, beyond what uh, narrative that culture um, has scripted for women. She's totally just, like, doing her thing. Um, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but, and this is going to give Lisa a chance to think about the question I'm about to ask her. Because she's a writer, I can tell she thinks about what she says, I think. So <laughs> she thinks before she speaks, it sounds like. Lisa, I want to know, you already mentioned um, Stephen King. I want to know who, what are some of your favorite horror slash suspense movies. Before we go to break, this is my question for you. Do you remember, I think this is around 1995, uh, it was a um, thriller, uh, crime film slash thriller called Tales from the Hood. Um, I have a PDA right now. It's a horror anthology film directed by Rusty Cundis. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. And ex- executive produced by Spike Lee. Does this sound familiar? Tales from the Hood, sure. Uh, is that the real answer? Or are you just afraid of losing your black card? Have you seen it or not? No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, no, Tales from the Hood is hilarious. I saw it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So before we go to break, you know, my question again is I want you to be thinking about what's your favorite horror movie or horror, you know, or novel, because most of the books, excuse me, most of the novels are based off of horror novels. Excuse me, did I say that right? Most of the movies are based off of horror novels. I did. I said that right. Um, I yeah. had a, a blast watching Tales from the Hood. Um, for those of you listening, and you're like, what is that? It basically was a film that presented four short urban-themed horror stories centered on concepts such as police brutality, um, domestic abuse, uh, racism, gang violence, and presented, um, they were, all of these stories were presented with a frame, um, within a frame story of three drug dealers. Now, I love this movie, Lisa, because <laughs> it was neat to finally watch a movie with the main central characters, protagonists, antagonists, everybody, they all look like me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I paid extra attention uh, to this this movie because these were narratives, you know, from the black culture that I was familiar with, and it came with, you know, this spooky, you know, undertone. What was your oh? You said that you thought that, that it was hilarious. What was your impression of of the storyline? Well, you know, that was a long time ago for me. I haven't watched that in a really long time. So you got to watch it again. And I, I will have to watch that okay. again. But I, I remember <laughs> that there was a comedic, there was a comedic timing that went in between the, the individual vignettes. And I remember that. And I for thought sure. that, that there was some, <laughs> some real humor there. <laughs> it was. That I don't it really was. To find. Right, I mean, so I don't normally expect to find that in horror in horror movies because when I watch a horror movie, I'm looking for it to be. I mean, again, you know, how many times can I say that I veer to the dark side, right? So I'm looking for that sort of depth. <laughs> but this, was, this definitely provided, you know, a little levity because you're right, the vignettes were deep, they were intense, but there was such a such comedic timing in between. And the timing I so thought I, was good, and I only bring it up. Right. Lisa, I'm like you. I haven't thought about this film or even remembered it. It's just recently I was grading papers and I, I think was watching HBO or whatever it was, and it came on and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember this. And my favorite of all the, the four stories uh, was the ending where um, this uh, um, slave owner, you know, died you know hundreds of years ago, but he, um, the his slaves had made these um, like I don't want to call them voodoo dolls, but they were like these dolls. And these dolls were magic, <laughs> and they, even though they were small, they would um, they basically exacted revenge upon you know any of the uh, slave masters, I guess posterity, you know his his grandchildren, etc. Anyway, it was it was wonderful because it it spoke in volumes in a scary way and kind of like you said, comedic timing, but a very poignant way um, to, you know, what some of us may consider as reparations or some, or, mm-hmm. or a group of people being held accountable um, for the worst um, of the American, um, of the chattel slavery, the worst, the most brutal occurred right here in the United States. So it was just, you know, watching the movies this time, now that I'm 35 and some change, I was able to make some, assessments and I didn't watch it purely just for the entertainment value. I was really looking at um the darker side of, you know, 
something um, very serious and um, pretty cool at the same time. So, <laughs> all right, I've talked myself into a hole. Guys, if you'd like to call in and say just say hello, please do. Shout out to the Black Ladies of Berkeley County Facebook. Zero six is the number. And when we come back, she's going to just tell us about she's going to tell us about Sikorax's daughter. She's also going to tell us uh, her favorite horror movie, and then we will send her on her way. You've been a blast. That's why you're still on this show right now, because normally I have people off in about 10 minutes, but you are delightful, um, just absolutely wonderful, Lisa, and I can't wait to read your book. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> For the rest of you guys, keep it locked real quick. We're just going to pay one quick bill, and we'll be right back with our featured guest for tonight. Her name is Lisa Wood. Man, I'm a fan already, just looking her up and hearing her talk about her experience and just all the wonderful things that she brings to the table. I know that you are feeling her, too, and we're really excited to support her. Hey, listen, keep it locked. It's your girl, Tanya Dallas-Lewis, right here on the Music Box. We'll be right back with more Lisa Wood. Upon uh, the scripture, Philippians 4 says, I can do all things through Christ with this strength. My girl Tanya Dallas Lewis tells me about writing the theme music for this show. So I went online and I looked up and she's like, I need a jingle for one. I was like, okay. Isabel Davis tells me how she transitioned from worship leader to recording artist. It was through Bishop Love that, you know, he spoke the directive from the Lord, and that was really to just. Speaking to step out. B.B. Winans tells me about his latest release, He Promised Me. And if he promised it, it is there. But you gotta believe. I'm putting Jason Nelson in the hot seat. What's up, y'all? This is Jason Nelson, and I'm on the hot seat next. Plus, Travis Green's playing Name My Name, and we'll get a word for the week for Pastor Rodney Payne. Oh, yeah, there's a lot happening today in the city, so let's get things started with my man, Donald Lawrence. What's up, everybody? I'm Donald Lawrence, and I'm in the city. This is I Really Love You, the soulful new song from Robert E. Person's fourth album recording, Love Divine. Multi-award winning vocalist Robert E. Person transcends musical genres on Love Divine. Twelve new tracks. Exploring traditional, contemporary, urban inspiration, and straight-ahead jazz. When you give your very best. Find Love Divine in the Listening Loft, iTunes, CD Baby, and Robert E. Per- Hi, this is Bobby Jones, and you're listening to The Music Box with Tanya Dallas-Lewis. Thank you so much, Dr. Bobby Jones. You guys know that he is gospel music ambassador, and so I appreciate the shout-out. It's your girl, Tanya Dallas-Lewis, right here on the Music Box, and I am talking about one of my most favorite uh, subjects, horror and suspense. And uh, I, I love, Lisa was talking about just some of her influences growing up, and she mentioned Stephen King. He probably uh, is the author whose book, you know, a horror movie, you know, horror suspense type of, uh, I think he was probably the first one that I started reading, and Lisa, I couldn't put the book down. Uh, I just <laughs> loved his writing style and his ability to tell and develop a story and, you know, just the timing of, of um, you know, information and just the suspense. It just was absolutely awesome. And so one of my, I think the first book I read by him was actually Tech Cemetery. So reading the book, Lisa, and then when the movie came out, I was so excited. And you already know, I was disappointed because the movie just could not possibly <laughs> capture. And I, I know, as an author, how do you feel about this? Because, Lisa, one day your books are going to be movies. Like, what what you going to do? What you going to do? Like, how are you going to – how do you all – how do authors, you know, how do you all make sure that the book, the movie is captured, you know, you know, what the book – you know, the main essence of it. 
have you thought about this? Because this is what's going to be coming your way. Oh, yes, I have. But first off, let me just say, your voice is amazing. Just, just want to put that out there. Just amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. But, you know, the, the bad that. thing about this, oh, sure. But back to your question. Yeah, I mean, the problem, because we always want to see our work captured in the manner that we wrote it, you know. And if it's, But the problem mm-hmm. is once you sell a screenplay, especially if you, or if you have your book options for a movie, you really lose that ability to impact the story because it's not just your vision then, it's the vision of the director and the, you know, the cast, the way the cast plays it. You don't play as much of a role, especially if we're talking about a big Mm. box office, um, you know, piece. I mean, if you're talking indie films, you may very well have the opportunity to engage with the screenwriter or write the screenplay yourself or something like that. But otherwise, I mean, it's really difficult and you kind of just have to say, okay, I hope it comes out well, (laughs) you know, um, maybe they'll read the book and that's, seems to be what a lot of people are doing now is they'll watch the movie, then they'll read the book, or they'll read the book, then watch the yeah. movie, you know. Okay. I would okay. just like to see more creativity in, you know, in what's made. I don't necessarily want to see a translation always from a book to a movie. I'm looking to see something fresh, hmm. you know, on screen that wasn't necessarily produced in print first. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought about it that way. Wow. Okay. I can I can respect that. I can respect that. So, you know, before we tell everybody about what's coming up for you, tell us really quickly, what is your favorite um, horror or, or suspense novel or movie? I, you know, you, you're the guest, so you do whichever one you want. I, I'm so curious to hear what your favorite is and why it's your favorite. Well, I mean, it's a hard question. I mean, um, I know. I, I know. I gave you time, to- Lisa, okay? I, you did, you did, and I thought really hard about this. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I really like, and it's interesting, and it may not be, you know, an answer that people would think of right now, because I do love Stephen King, but I really have been enjoying the gothic fiction just recently. I mean, over the past two years or so, I've been really, really diving into stuff that, you know, I might have read in the past, and I've reread, and I've listened to. I just, It's just amazing. So, I'll say this, the turn of the screw, when I heard it again, turn of the screw by Henry James, when I listened to it again, I, I heard different things. I, I realized that certain nuances that I missed before existed. And uh-huh. it is a psychological hard tale like no other. I mean, it's a short story, but it is so, it packs so much punch, so much impact. Huh. Um, huh. I really, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's the, is she crazy? Is she hallucinating? <laughs> you know, and it's a similar. It's similar to um, when you read it. it what will come to mind is a movie called The Others. Um, I don't know if you remember. Yeah. It was, what, what was her name? Uh, oh my goodness, her name is escaping me. Um, the actress Nicole Kidman. She is living in a home, you know, and she's got her two children with her. And I don't want to give it away if anyone hasn't seen it, but you know, you go through the whole movie thinking that you know this one reality, and at the end, it's something completely different, and you you just didn't see it coming. You know, okay, another example of a similar idea is The Sixth Sense. Now, neither one of these are my favorite movie answer, but I'm just putting them out there for reference. Okay. Um, The Sixth Sense, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. You know, you see these little clues, like if you saw red, every time you saw red, there was something that, you know, you were, it it signifies something. And that kind of, you know, let me hint these things to you, or let me give you the idea that maybe something different is going on. That is intriguing to me. Like, don't give me the whole story all wow. at once. Make me think about it. Right, you know? right. And that's I'm what I you. for in my own writing. So that's why I was able to feel that connection with these, you know, with these, that piece. Um, for a favorite movie, I guess I really, I have to go with Angel Heart. I mean, I think that's always been my favorite movie. <laughs> Angel Heart, uh, it's a... Ooh, what year? I want to say 90s. Um, uh-huh. 94, 95, something like that. It's a movie about a guy who, you know, he was dealing with on the dark side and uh, found himself in a situation between heaven and hell, and he had to pay the piper, you know, and there's a lot of little kitschy, silly things that go on within. I mean, so uh, De Niro's role in it, he's a very small role, but he's, his character's name is Louis Cipher. I mean, Lucifer. I mean, so simple, but, you know... Um, I don't think I've seen this. Oh, it's it's amazing. You know, interestingly enough, if you know anything about, you know, the Cosby folks, the Cosby show actors, Lisa Bonet was in that show, and that gave her a lot of, it caused her a lot of grief. 
Lisa Bonet was in that movie. Oh, I, should say. I remember it now. I yeah, pulled it up. Yeah. 1980, 1987 mystery thriller, Harry Angel, um, Mickey Wark, that's the actor, is a private detective contracted by Louis Pfeiffer, Robert De Niro, to track down the iconic singer Johnny Favorite. However, everybody that Angel questions about Favorite seems to meet a tragic demise. Eventually, mm-hmm. the trail leads Angel to blah, 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 and I won't give it away. But I do remember this movie now. You know what? I wasn't really paying attention to it like you were, so I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. But continue and and telling you, you know, why it was. Tales from the Hood again. You got me going back to the <laughs> so <we're> even. <laughs> I'm going to be watching that tonight. <laughs> but what I love about that movie is that there's so many nuances. I mean, so much subtext going on. There's so many things happening that you don't notice. And it takes one or two watches to see it. And it just, it's always been a favorite. So I thought about wow. it. Wow. <laughs> okay. You did, and you've intrigued me. And so, I, you know, just like you know, you're gonna watch Tales from the Hood. I'm gonna, I'm going to see if I can find this on Netflix or maybe on. I got Amazon Prime, so I'm gonna see if they have it. And I'm, I'm definitely gonna watch it again, but pay a whole lot more attention. I think there, there was so much controversy. You're right, um, surrounding Lisa Bonet's um, uh, role in the film, and uh, you know what she did in the film. I think it was overblown because by the time I watched the movie, I was like, okay, what was the big deal? But nevertheless, good to know. Mm-hmm. Good to know. So, <laughs> So tell us about, um, so thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, tell us about Sycorax's Daughters. Uh, what's coming up with this? And then lastly, how can I, once again, I'd love for you to share before you go, how people can support you and, uh, you know, just support what you're doing. Okay. So Sycorax's Daughters is really a groundbreaking anthology. I mean, it's, a, it's an anthology of stories from um, only African-American women mostly uh-huh. different genres like paranormal romance or, you know, sci-fi. And they would fall, we all fall under the speculative fiction umbrella, like I discussed before, so horror fiction is within that umbrella. Uh-huh. Um, but 30, 33, 34 authors, uniquely wow. standalone stories, right? It's a, the first time uh-huh. an anthology of this magnitude has been put together, and it was produced and published by an African-American-owned publisher. And I should, I, wow. I don't let me forget, African-American female-owned publisher. Um, All right. Woo, woo. I was, right? How about that? I was tapped um, by Linda Addison, who, if, I don't know if you know, but, and again, this, this, when I tell you, you're going to be amazed. She is the only African-American person, let alone woman, to have won a Bram Stoker Award. Wow. She is a, a horror, wow. yeah. She's a horror. She's a horror poet. So and her huh. things are just it's just make they make you think. Every single one makes you think. Um, and so she huh. she reached out to several different of us women to say you know listen I, I am interested in you submitting to this anthology and I'd love to take a look at your work and see and there was a year long process of vetting and making the cut and then you know going through edits et cetera. So you know it was a really invigorating process. I enjoyed it. But we, we got the anthology produced. It did well. You know, it made it onto several bestseller lists, and book clubs were reviewing it. And here's a really interesting thing that just happened with it. Um, Antioch University is going to be teaching it next semester, which is like, wow, how can that be? It's just amazing. Wow. And um, we were nominated for the Bram Stoker Award. So, you know, this doesn't happen very often. You know, like I said, only one African-American winner ever and I don't think there have been more than two or three nominees throughout the entire life cycle of this degree, uh, degree <laughs> the life cycle of this award um, since the 80s. Uh, so we, we, the award ceremony was over at the beginning of the, the month, and we, are on the, we were on the finalist ballot, and we made it that far, and we didn't, we didn't win it, but it, it, being there is winning it because we, there's never been this, it's never happened before. So groundbreaking piece. Um, we I couldn't be prouder to be involved. And I am proud of you, Lisa. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. I'm telling you, just congratulations. We're so excited. You, How can you. our listeners um, support you and just get everything? We just want to support everything you've done. So how can they reach out to you? How can they support um, this last uh, super, super t- wonderful news you just mentioned? What can we do to support you? I really appreciate you asking that. So 
I just recently kicked off a new thing. Um, I've been telling you, I've, I'm listening to books now because I've been enjoying the, the difference. There's a difference between listening to someone narrate a book and reading it yourself. And I kicked off a new uh-huh. project. Um, it's called Audio Scares, www.audioscares.com. Uh-huh. And it's a selection uh-huh. of my short stories that have been professionally narrated. Uh-huh. And they're Ooh. on that website for purchase, and people can listen to it and enjoy that work. Um, <clears throat> That's sort of a launching pad for me to release Crescendo in audiobook format as well when that's done. It's almost done. We're getting there, and I'm really enjoying this. What I like is that I get the opportunity to hear what my work sounds like, and I also get the chance to listen to another, you know, creator's, uh, <laughs> another creator's creativity, as it were. I mean, my narrator is doing wonderful things with this piece, and so I'm really excited to hear it. And uh, likewise with those short stories, I mean, it's just so different to hear it, the emotion and the, the acting chops these guys are showing. So it's amazing work. I'm excited wow. about that. Mm-hmm. Give me the website Very one wonderful. more time. You said audio shares. What is it? No, it's, it's audio scares. Like, let me scare you. Are you audio scares. Scare? Thank you. Yeah, A-D- Got A-D-I-O-S-C-A-R-E-S. it. Scares, audio scares. Got it. Um, um, and otherwise, the other stuff is due is uh, available on Amazon. I do um, coming off the the success of this most recent um, Sycorax's Daughters uh, release. I have a new book coming out in 2019, so please take take you know, keep your eye out. You know, if you're looking for something fun to read, I did do a sort of a cross genre novel called The Realm, and it's about um, we, death is not the is the beginning. <laughs> That should be my tagline. Huh. Death is the beginning. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I, yeah, I like it. Yes. Yeah, pretty cool. So now, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting story, and it has a little bit of sci-fi element in it. Because, you know, again, as a writer, I think you should always stretch yourself and try different things. So like I said, I write zombie fiction every now and then, vampire fiction. Now I've written some sci-fi stuff, and it was a blast to do. So I'm excited about that one, too. <laughs> Well, we're excited about you, and so shout out to, again, the Black Ladies of of, uh, Berkeley County. They are supporting you. I posted this link so that they can go back and listen to this interview. Awesome interview right here on the Music Box with your girl, National Recording Artist Tanya Dallas-Lewis, and our featured guest for today. She is a horror and suspense writer. She's absolutely amazing, and I'm so excited about all the great things uh, that are in store for you. And when you have your book signing, please let us know. We'd love to come and um, be a part of that support it, maybe even broadcast it live. Who knows? I'm just so excited for oh, you. Wow. Congratulations, Lisa, on all your successes. And thank you for being our featured guest tonight on the Music Box. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. I had a wonderful time. No problem. You have a great night. You too. We've thank still you. got a great show lined up for you, and I'm so excited. I Look, I'm already looking up everything she talked about. I'm going to get to Shindo. I, you know, I'm even going to look into Sycorax's daughter. I am, man, this is just awesome. So without further ado, you know, every show I try to make sure that I give you some music industry updates and tips. I don't think I have time for all that tonight, but I do want to make sure that I let you hear from our resident music expert, Simone Henry, and Shay Music with an industry music tip for you coming up right now. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready? Indie artist tips. With Simone Henry on the music box. Yeah, you're in the box. Hello, musicpreneurs. I'm Simone Henry here with your indie artist tip. My tip today is delegate to your team according to their skills. Delegating tasks benefits you by reducing your risk of burnout prevents the control freak in you from taking over, and frees you to create great music. That's your indie artist tip for the Music Box with Tanya Dallas-Lewis. For more information or to contact me, visit eshemusic.com. That's E-C-H-E music.com. Pass me not, oh gentle Savior, why don't you hear my love? 
about you, but God, help me to trust you more. You're tuning into the music box, and that was the hymn that leaned by yours truly. If you like it, it is available for, like, download on Amazon and iTunes. Make sure you check it out. Salute. Um, Shout-outs, of course, to Lisa Wood, amazing, amazing woman, horror and suspense writer, and she's a woman, and she's black. Like, how cool is that? I totally, totally, totally love that. We've had a great show uh, tonight. I I say so, okay? (laughs) Want to make sure that we shout out our sponsors and our friends of the Music Box, none other than Sarah Hearn of Positively Gospel and Rob Howes of Camp Set. Listen, the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My favorite verse, actually, is the one after that one, okay? And it says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through his Son might be saved. So, listen, I'll see you guys next week, same time, same place, right here. And, uh, hey, here is the show jingle to close the show. I love you, but God loves you more. It's the music box, Tanya Dallas-Lewis, right here. I'll see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.